Ecclesiastes, um, chapter number four. We're going to b- begin reading uh, in verse number nine. I would like to say I was going to do a series on this, but I felt uh, here today my Siri just um, sorry Siri. I was going to do a series on this, and uh, uh, so just felt like that I needed to share this today, uh, and I don't know why that it's today. Uh, I've tried to preach this last week, and uh, but we're going to obey the Lord here today, and I pray that the Lord would speak into somebody's heart, because I truly feel like that this is for somebody here today, and I really don't know who it's for, but I just feel this heavy on my heart for us to really listen to the sermon today and really uh, uh, try to use us, uh, the application that we need to in our lives. Ecclesiastes 4, stand with us if you, if you can. Uh, verse number 9 is where we're going to be starting from. We're going to go 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. Listen to this, it says, But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they are then they have heat, but how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. With the Lord's help here today, I want to talk on, preach about the benefits of unity. The benefits of unity. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We're grateful for all that you've done for us. God, we pray that your word would come forth, Lord, to open ears and open hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would help us here today as this is a different type of service here today, uh, but it's going to be a challenging sermon. We pray, God, that you would help this sermon, Lord, to reach. And we pray, God, that you would help us to, to, to gather all that we can and apply to our lives. Help somebody here today that may be having some problems with this area. God, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to realize the big picture. And, Lord, we pray that you would just let us, Lord, to gather around this altar here in a few moments and help us, Lord, to draw closer to you in our lives by applying your word. We love you. And the church said, Amen. You can be seated here today. Uh, There's a book called The Unity Factor. It's by Larry W. Osborne, and I love one of the things that he wrote in here. When I arrived, he's talking about he was a a, 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 a young preacher, a young pastor. He said, when I arrived at the church, I was armed with books and ideas of growth, evangelism, and reaching the community. Unity was the last thing I was worried about. If you told me to slow down and focus on camaraderie and unity, I'd have chided with you for your inward, even self-centered approach to ministry. We had a world to conquer. But it soon became painfully obvious, listen to this, that we were never going to change the world out there when we couldn't get along in here. Woo, man, that's good stuff, isn't it? You want me to tell you like my grandpa used to say? That's what he used to say. (laughs) 
We're not going to be able to change the world out there if we can't get along in here. Hallelujah. So, uh, Helen Keller stated this. She said, alone we can do so little. Together we can do so much. I love the African proverb that, re- proverb that reads, If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Amen? All right, let me read that one more time. I love that. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 14 says, For the body is not one member. Did you know that? One person doesn't make up the church. The Bible says, For the body is not one member, but many. One of the things that I always laugh about is that there was one good quote from, from uh, Hillary Clinton that I like. says, it takes a village. I know it sounds funny. Every time I think of that, I think of the Smurfs for some reason. <laughs> I know it sounds funny. All right, but it does. It takes a community. It takes a community. All right? So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14, the amplified version, where, where in the, the KJV it says, for the body is not one member but many. The Amplified Version says, For the body does not consist, listen to this, of one limb or organ, but of many. Matter of fact, if you take a deeper look at this scripture, it lets us know that this particular scripture does not emphasize fingers and toes. Alright? The scripture is putting an emphasis on vital organs. This verse is not to be taken lightly, but to inform us that each member in the body, listen to this, are, are vital to the correct operation of the body. Each member, in order for the body to move and function and operate the way that it needs to operate, each member is vital to that operation. Hallelujah. So I want you to look at yourself right now and think about this because I feel like sometimes we think, what can we do? I want you to look at yourself right now and just think in your mind, I am a vital organ. Amen? What we do matters. Hallelujah. All right? You matter to this church. You matter to the kingdom of God. You matter. I matter, Brother Davis. But I'm not the only one that matters. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. I'm not the only one that matters. We matter, Mandy. Our family matters. But we're not the only family that matters. Amen. We're all working together here. Hopefully in unity. Glory to God. So, I said we're going to talk about the benefits of unity. We need to understand how important that unity is. But as we we take a look at this verse, our text here tonight, today, there are a few things, or four things, that I feel like are very important for us to understand how much profit. What do we get out of unity? 
know, if I'm going to be nice to somebody, what am I going to get out of it? You know, <laughs> what do we get out of it? What's the profit of it? Number one, there's greater profit, greater pay when you have more than one, right? You know, my dad always used to tell me, he said, one person do the work of one, two people can do the work of three. In other words, if you have two people there, they could get it done in less time than you would be able to, with one person, double the time. It would actually, it's hard to explain, but do you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) All right? So when you get more than one person, then you can accomplish more. You can accomplish more. We sheeted a little building here, here a while back, put some rafters up. It would have been really tough for one person to do that, wouldn't it? Nearly impossible for, for you to get it done. But we had three, and those three people were able to put out the work that needed to be done in order to finish it. Hallelujah. So there's a greater profit to it because they have a good reward for their labor, the Bible says. They, they have a, what, a good reward for their labor. The word reward here means better pay or better wages. In other words, you make more money when two guys are working than one guy. Celebration is better when you have someone to celebrate with, isn't it? Amen? A one-person party is not much fun. It's not much of a party. Right? Singing happy birthday to yourself. All right? Not much of a party. All right? What are you talking about, Brother John? I'm telling you there are benefits... For us working together. There are benefits to unity. All right? Two are more happy jointly than either of them could be separately. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalms chapter 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How good, how pleasant it is, guys, for us to work together as a unit, seeing the kingdom of God grow. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Here a while back, we went out to the coat drive, and I seen that there were some that were serving hot dogs. I believe Sister White was back there serving the hot dogs. There were others that were out in front that were handing out uh, candy, Brother Davy, and talking to the people that were out there, and Brother Colby, and those that were able to come out, and there were others that were giving out the coats, and, and all the things that were done, and it was a beautiful thing, and you know what, afterwards, it was a great reward, everyone was talking about it for about a month afterwards, what a great reward that we had was sharing with each other that event, because we'd done it in unity, and we'd done it together, and I'm going to tell you, if we can keep that oh hallelujah there's nothing that cannot be done for the kingdom of God hallelujah there's a greater profit the second benefit of unity is there's a greater stability the 10th verse says for if they fall the one will lift up his fellow but woe to him that is alone when he falleth For he hath not another to help him up. Man, that's tough, isn't it? If you fall, now I'm going to tell you something. I may may be having a rough time. There's been some times 
Whenever I've, uh, uh, after the, after the uh, uh, alumni game here a while back, you know, my legs were a little wobbly. Hallelujah. There's some times it gets a little wobbly. Come on, Brother Weston, help me out. Come on, Brother Colby, help me out. You know, I may, my legs may, I may be worn down. I may be, I may be hurt. There's been times where, where I, I had a, you seen somebody that hurt a leg and they can't get where they need to go. And then they need other people to come around them and to help them so that they can be able to make the progress that they need. Oh, somebody amen me right here so that they can make the progress that they need to make I'm going to tell you there's going to come a time in your life when you're going to need a team around you please right now develop that team work together be unified so that way when your children are hurting when your marriage is, is hurting there's somebody that can help you and grab a hold of you and help you to make the progress and pray for you and be the person that you need if you be that person to them now then they can be that person to you then we need each other hallelujah we need each other what are you telling me brother Jared I'm telling you it's harder for you to fall when you're standing together stability comes with unity that's a benefit of unity all right, so what do we see, Brother Jared? What are the benefits of unity? Number one, a greater profit. Number two, a greater stability. Number three, I love this one, a greater warmth. All right, verse number 11, I believe it is, tells us that there's heat and there's two there. All right, with one, you get cold. With two, there's heat. All right, what are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you that if you're not careful, you can get cold. Satan always, Charles Spurgeon says this, Satan always hates Christian fellowship. It is his policy to keep Christians apart. Anything which can divide saints from one another, he delights in. Since union is strength, listen to that, you ready? Union is strength, he does his best to promote separation. Can I read that again so that way we can, we, can, we can really grasp it? Satan always hates Christian fellowship. It is his policy to keep Christians apart. Anything which can divide saints from one another, he delights in. Since union is strength, he does his best to promote separation. I'm going to read a verse that we're all very familiar with, and I'm going to read it in a couple of different translations to help us to understand it a little bit better. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25 says, for, for, uh, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking, we'll read it again in a different version, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonish warning, urging, and encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. One more. In the ESV it says, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Did you know that the men of the church back there would greet one another with a kiss? Not They'd come and they'd kiss each other 
on the cheek and that was a way for them. They were showing that towards one another as love. Uh, what are you saying, Brother Jared? There's something to be said about coming together and being positive one to, in, to another and encouraging one another. Hallelujah. I want you to understand today that if you want the benefit of unity, if you if you work with that unity, the benefit of unity is a greater warmth. It's so easy to get cold in our spirit when we are isolated. Did you hear what I just said? It's so easy for us to get cold in our when come into a service. Spirit of the Lord's moving. We're not feeling a thing. The reason why is because we're isolated. We've isolated ourselves. Well, I'm going to tell you, we've seen these young people over here. Oh, hallelujah. They've been getting a hold of God. Oh, and I've seen our young adults and our elders as they come and they lay hands on them. They take them to a new level. They begin to intercede with them, Pastor Davis. They begin to pray for them and it helps that person to reach the breakthrough that they need. What is that? Oh, hallelujah. That's a benefit of unity, church. I said that's a benefit of unity. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be there one day and your children are going to be there one day. Don't isolate yourself. Take a hold of the benefits of unity and you'll find all oh, that you don't have to be cold in spirit, but if you'll meet together in unity, oh, and instead of looking at faults of one another, we can look and encourage and pray for one another. And if we can do that, all oh, the benefit of it is that we can see a fire break loose right here at Lighthouse as it already is. And you can be a part of it. Hallelujah. The best way to stay on fire is to stay in the flames. Amen? Stay in the flames. If you want to be on fire for God, you don't have to look very far around here to find the flame. I'm telling you, last two, three months, we've been having a, a, a season, as we've called it, of revival. Hallelujah. Been seeing people, some of our youth that were getting cold in spirit, that have been getting a hold of God in new ways, making new commitments, seeing awesome things done. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not. I don't want. I hear the other day. Hear somebody preach. It's talking about how that how that this generation they felt like was going to bring on another revival. Somebody had prophesied that. That's great, and I'm glad. Oh, hallelujah! Be also looked and asked, and I'm going to ask you the same thing. Can I be a part of that? Hallelujah! Can I be a part of your revival. If you're bringing on a new revival, guess what? I'm jumping in too. Glory to God. I'm telling you, church, there is a benefit to unity. There is a benefit to assembling together and encouraging one another with our presence and with our spirit and with our prayer. Oh my God, help us here today to realize that there's warmth in the unity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a greater warmth. Remember, God's not coming back for a lukewarm church. He's coming back for a church that is warm and working. Hallelujah. The last point that I have here is greater protection. The benefits of unity, greater profit, greater stability, greater warmth, and greater protection. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, And if one prevail against him, Oh, I love this. Two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly 
Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. We've been, I've been in town sometimes I'm, you know, by myself. But Stephen, you look around, you see, you see there's you know, some people walking down the street. I remember one time we were in St. Louis, and I took Jared there. We went up in the arch, and we kind of walked you know, a couple different places and stuff right there in the city. And we took kind of the main drag and went down to Union, what do they call that? Union Station down there. And they had a little light show going on, so we got a little bored with that, so we left a little early. <laughs> As we walked out, we took a different road down because that road was pretty busy. Shouldn't have taken the different road. Me and my son, you know, I think at that time he's probably around 11 or so, walking down that road, man, I'm telling you, there was a group of some it looked like some pretty pretty rough people. You talk about feeling vulnerable. I felt vulnerable at that time. Walking down this street, and I had to walk by everybody and everything. Woo. But there have been other times whenever I've looked and I've seen a little group or whatever that, was, that looked pretty rough. But I had, I had you know, I had my, my posse with me. You know what I mean? Had my posse with me, so I didn't really, you know, you see, you see two or three rough guys, and you got your posse with you. You know, you don't got to worry very much. You know what I mean? You know, matter of fact, you you can get pretty bold with somebody. You know what I mean? You got a problem with me? You know, I'm I'm not promoting that. Okay, <laughs> but why why are you so confident, brother Jared? Because I've got some people with me. Come on now. I'm like, you, you, can, you can get pretty cocky when you got your posse with you. Hallelujah. I mean, when you're isolated, come on somebody, when you isolate yourself and the enemy comes in, then you feel vulnerable. But a benefit of unity is when you have people around you. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. And the enemy comes in then you can stand up with boldness knowing that there are people that are praying for you. Yeah. Knowing there are people that love you. Knowing that there are people that are behind you. Knowing that there's a team that is with you. Knowing that you can pick up the phone and call someone and talk with them and ask for prayer because you have been on your knees praying for them in that same day. Hallelujah. What are you telling me, Brother Jared? I'm telling you here today, it's not a time for division at Lighthouse Ministries. It's a time that we unify and come together. Why? Because we must have each other hallelujah we have protection when we have each other thank you guys hallelujah 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 there's a protection that's there glory to god there's a protection that's there solomon states and i love this check this out this is so neat solomon states that if two are better than one he even goes a little bit further down and says this then three are even better. If two's good, three's great. I'm not making this up, okay? That's what it literally says. And if one prevail against him, then two shall withstand him. 
A threefold cord is not quickly broken. What's he saying? The more you have, the better off you are. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Solomon states this. Be careful about isolating yourself with only one friend. Young people, be careful about isolating yourself with just a certain clique. Come on, somebody. Young ladies, be careful. You've got unity. Oh, how you've got strength and protection. Oh, in a multitude. Somebody help me out here. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says... Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Listen to this. Uh, when, when we take a look at this scripture, uh, we, we need to understand it's real easy for us all to lean on that somebody who is a comfort to us. We're okay with having them as a friend. But when we get over here to somebody who's beginning to sharpen us, Oh, come on, church. All of a sudden, we don't want anything to do with that person. We're going to isolate our person to, to, the, to the person who's a yes person, to the person that when we come to them, they're going to agree with us, to the person that they're going to pet us through whatever. But I'm going to tell you, there's times in my life where I needed somebody to look at me and say, you're wrong. You need to suck it up. Hallelujah. You need to do right. You need to apologize. You need to pray. You need to pray through and I'm going to tell you something. Those are the friends that are going to help you to become a better Christian in life. They're going to help you to learn how to raise your kids. They're going to look at you and say, you need to be a better wife. You need to be a better husband. You need to be a better Christian. You need to be, what are you telling me, Brother Jared? I'm telling you here today, you need to hold close those that are willing to tell you the truth. Don't just isolate yourself. Young ladies, don't just isolate yourself to a clique. Young men, don't just isolate yourself to a clique. Get a team around you. Hallelujah. Words are free. It's how you use them that may cost you. I don't think it's an accident. I'm going to finish up with this. I don't think it's an accident that Jesus predicted church growth. Listen, but prayed for unity. You hear what I said? Oh, God help us. I don't think it's an accident that Jesus predicted church growth but prayed for unity. If left unattended or taken for granted, unity can disappear. All it takes is a few people. God, oh God, oh God, help me not to be that person. God, oh God. All it takes is a few people, a passionate disagreement over how to handle a tough issue or even a series of minor annoyances left to fester. That's why we have to take to heart Paul's advice in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Make every effort to keep, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Let's just read that real quick, okay? I therefore, starting at verse number one, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthily of the vocation wherewith you're called. Listen to how he says this, all right? Well, this, is going to, this is going to tell you how you're able to, what we call, keep the unity of the faith. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, 
endeavoring to keep the unity. Listen, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bonds of peace. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and listen, and through all, and in you all. Hallelujah. How are we going to do this? I'm going to tell you the greatest way to keep unity is to keep yourself. It, all, it doesn't start with what everybody else does. Amen? Unity does not start with another person. Unity starts with you. That's good. Somebody needs to write that down. I'll put that on Facebook later. Put that up on my Twitter account. Unity starts with you. Amen? Unity, it doesn't start with somebody. It starts with you. The key to unity in the scripture is this. And this is breaking it down, what it says. What does it mean by endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bonds of peace? To walk in humility. It says right there, lowliness. To walk in humility. Showing the same grace to others as we want them to show us and our children and our family and our, you see what I'm saying? Show them the same grace that we would like to have. Walking in humility, knowing that we're not perfect either. Knowing that what we, I, I, I'm telling you something, guys. I'm the pastor here. I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not perfect. I'll tell you the second person who will tell you. My wife. And you know what, Mandy? I want you to. I need you to tell me when I'm wrong. God, help us to be the spouses that we need. I need for you to tell me, no, you don't need to talk about it. No, you don't need to go down that. No, you need to be more. You need to do this. You, I need that. That's what we're here for. When one is weak, God help the other one to be strong. Hallelujah. The greatest unity that we have is with each other as spouses. The Bible says that we are to be one as God is one. I guarantee you the Trinity, the Holy Trinity doesn't, doesn't set up in heaven talking about all the negative things. Oh, God, help me. Mandy, help me. Mandy, help me. Hallelujah. Walk in humility. Number two, to be gentle, meek, and mild, treating others as we would like to be treated. Galatians 6 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are, are we spiritual? Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. And here's the best, here's the, the, the number one thing here. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Listen, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Now, I can sit down here, I can sit down here by Ariana, and I can look over there at Wyatt, and I can talk about all the things at Wyatt. But, Lord, God forbid that Wyatt look over here and point out anything about me. Did you hear what I said? Considering thyself, lest thou also... 
consider, consider yourself. Consider your weaknesses. Consider the things that, that you need help on. When you're thinking about when somebody else is, and they're going to have, every one of us are going to be, we're going to, we're going to have faults. Why? Because we're human. Everyone has faults. Before you sit down with Arion and talk about Wyatt, think in your mind, would I want Wyatt to sit down with Jared and talk about my faults? God, help us to be in the spirit of unity. Walk in humility. Be gentle, meek, and mild. I'm going to read one more scripture that goes with this. Being gentle and meek and mild to one another. 2 Timothy 2.25 says, In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. And that means that, Sister Ariana, if I've got a problem with Wyatt, instead of talking to you, I should go in meekness, in the right spirit, to that person and have a conversation with him. I've said this before, and I think this is vital. Matter of fact, I said it last night. My, my wife's parents think I hung the moon. You know the reason why? Because she's never told them any different. Me and Mandy could have a fight. She could go talk to her parents. That night, me and Mandy could get it all worked out. I could, she, she could just be so happy with me, but I guarantee you those parents for probably pretty long are going to have a problem with it. And I'm going to tell you something. You've got to be careful about talking to other people because you might be able to forgive, but what about them? Hallelujah. Be careful. Be gentle. Be meek. Have the right spirit. Man, it's awful quiet in here today, guys. I hope this is okay. I'm just preaching. I'm just telling you what the Lord gave to me, all right? The key to unity in the Scripture is walk in humility, to be gentle, meek, and mild. And then the last one here is to exhibit patience. To exhibit patience. Patience is the spirit which never gives up, for it endures to the end, even in times of adversity. It is the self-restraint which does not hastily retaliate a wrong. How patient are we? God help us. Paul's saying this, as we have somebody come to the piano, attitudes of humility, gentleness. You know, I hope we don't have, a, I hope nobody has a problem with this, okay? I really do. All right, I really hope that this is just a preventive sermon that I'm preaching just in case that somebody ha- has a problem here All right, in, in the future. I hope that we don't, and we may not, and I pray that we don't, because if we do, it needs to get taken care of so that we can go on. Paul's saying, this is what he's saying, attitudes of humility, gentleness, and patience foster unity among Christians. Having stated these three virtues... Listen to what he says here. Are you ready for this? This is the coolest part about the whole scripture. Paul then states the manner in which they are to be carried out in one's conduct. Bearing one another in love. Bearing one another. What's the problem? 
see somebody who has a failure, somebody who has a bear their burdens the same way that you would want them to bear yours. Hallelujah. Help carry that problem for them. And don't do it with an attitude, but do it in love. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why? Because there's benefits to unity. Why? Because you're going to need it. Why? Because I'm going to need it. And making, I love this, every effort, every effort, this has the participle of making every diligent effort. Hallelujah. To keep the unity of the Spirit through the bonds of peace. How are we going to keep the Spirit through the bonds of peace? How are we going to do that? We're going to have to endeavor. Come on, somebody. It ain't going to be easy all the time to keep unity. It takes work. Let me ask you this. Is it easy in your marriage to keep it? Somebody look over at their wife right now and say, no, we should have worked on that before church. <laughs> Is it easy sometimes for you to have patience with your children? So what makes us think that it's going to be easy for us? What makes us think that it's just going to come natural? We're not going to ever have a problem with somebody in the church. And there's never, I'm going to tell you, it's going to take work for us to keep what we need. It's going to be done through peace. And it's going to be done through bearing one another. I'm going to tell you, it's a beautiful thing when a church can bear one another's burdens, can love each other the way that God has meant for us to love, the way that we ask for God to forgive us. God, help Help us to forgive others. God, help us. The patience that we're asking for others, to, the patience that I'm asking for those to have with me. God, help me to put on display that same patience for them. Oh, God, help us to realize that there is a benefit to unity. Work at keeping unity in a peaceful manner. That's basically what it means. Work. It's going to take work. Work at what? At keeping. Keeping. Maintaining unity in a peaceful manner. Let's stand all across the building here today. Unity is vital. Like I said, I pray that nobody needed this sermon. I pray that everybody's good. But I want you to know here today that if you're not, young lady, young man, young adult, elder, if not, if not, if there's something there, let's get it prayed through. Amen. Let's help each other. That's what we've been designed to do here. We've always had good unity here. Let's keep it. Let's maintain it. Let's work to keep it. Let's do it in a peaceful manner. Hallelujah. We need each other. Why do we need each other? We need to protect each other. Amen. We need to protect each other. We need to live in such a way that we can have the unity that God can move through a single body that the heart's not over here and the lungs are over here and this is that and there, one's not working right with the other. But when everything begins to function the way that God designed for this body to function, then all of a sudden you see it be able to do amazing things. And if we, the church, can function the way that God has designed us to function, then we too will see amazing results.
Heavenly Father, we love you, God. We're so grateful for all that you've done for us. God, we're so grateful, Lord, for each one, Lord, in this church. God, every single one of them, as we read in the scripture today, are vital to this church. They're a vital organ, God. And I pray, Lord, here today that you would help us, Lord, to know that we as vital organs must work together in unity. And if we do, there are so many benefits. We can, can, can have a great time together after each victory that each family member wins, knowing that we've been praying for this need and praying for that need and working together with this one and that one's child and this one's teenager and praying with, with that one's parents or that one's uh, a, a spouse or, or, or that one's grandparents. Working together. God, this is what you've designed the church to do. And I'm afraid if we're not careful, we'll just get lax and not work at keeping peace. And God will we'll allow ourselves to get to a position that we're cold in our spirit. And what a dangerous position that is to be in when the enemy desires to take our lives, our marriage, our family, our Christian, our salvation. God, I pray here today, God, that you would help each one of us to walk in the unity of the Spirit, God, to keep the peace. Let's just come around the altars and have a time of prayer here today.